everybody. Welcome to the Performance Anxiety Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark. And Kevin Whalen is the guest on this episode of Performance Anxiety. You may remember him from a noisy little band from New Jersey called The Wrens. He talked about forming the band with his brother, Greg. And up until his latest release, it was the only band he was ever in. Kevin reveals how the Wrens were once the house band on a ferry boat and how his mom got them that gig. Once the band was signed, though, they forged their own path, so much so that the label wasn't even sure they could release their debut. But the industry finally caught up with them, and they were offered a huge contract after their second album, which they turned down. Kevin also shed some light on the fifth Ren and the time they almost got killed at a party in New Mexico. Then reality hit, and they had to get real jobs. But after a while, the music started coming again. Enter Kevin's new project called Eon Station, and the album is coming out on Sub Pop, which is a dream for a 90s indie guy. So give Eon Station a follow on social media, A-E-O-N Station. Pick up the album through Sub Pop or wherever you get music these days. Follow us at Performance ANX on social media. Check out our merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. And you can help keep the show going with a coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. So grab your own cup of coffee and relax with Kevin Whalen of Aeon Station on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hi, this is Kevin uh, from the band Aeon Station and uh, just had an amazing podcast on Performance Anxiety. Thank you for walking through my entire life in under 40 minutes. It's been truly an honor and a privilege to share the music. And uh, the new record is out. It's called Observatory, and it's out on Sub Pop. So thank you so much, Ben. All right. A couple things before we dive into things. My dog is on the loose in the house. He's staring out the front window there. So... He's trained on something. I don't know. So if he goes ape shit, it, you know, we'll just have to deal with it. No worries. Dude. No, that is so great. That right. is so great. Thanks. That's the best heads up, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's got something. He's got something. He's protecting you. He's he is. Well, everybody in the house is out except for me. I don't know when they're coming home. I'm assuming that eventually they'll be home. So that may be one reason he goes ape shit. So cool. Thank you for doing the time and taking the time when you have the house to yourself, right? So thank you. Yeah, it's better than watching porn, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It depends. We'll, you know see. Yeah. we'll see how the conversation yeah, goes. Me, uh, you know, I don't know. It depends on how long the interview goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. So before we dive too deeply into things, I just got to make sure that you are not... Professor Kevin Whelan, the expert on inflammatory bowel disease. I am not that Kevin. Okay. No, I will not say that. Yes. And you are not the Kevin Whelan, the founder of Wealth Builders Wealth Management Firm. I have not been anywhere near that kind of wealth. No, <laughs> I am a humble guy from New Jersey. Okay. Right. I just had to make sure I've been researching the right guy. So... <laughs> Because you just you never know. I mean, I talk to creative you never, people. You never know. You're like, oh boy. Yeah. That's like, super guy. Yeah, inflammatory bowel disease. Excellent. I'm all in. <laughs> Spreading the word. Yes, exactly. That's the whole, that's the, there's a lot of anxiety there for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure there's got to be some creativity involved in dealing with that. I, <laughs> I would imagine. Yes, I guess. Sure. I want to know a little bit about how you've got a new album out and I'm yep. hoping to learn how to pronounce it. Is it? Eon Station. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Look, you nailed it right away. There it is. It's like 100% done. That's All right. It. So before <laughs> we before we get into that, I kind of want to learn how you, we got to that. Well, we, like I'm part of the band. How you got yes, to that. You're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hey, well, well, I have heard about the fifth Rens. The fifth Rens. So we will. Uh, you, you were one? No, no. I was never that oh, fortunate. Well, listen, you could always be, you could be a fifth Ren or a sixth, <laughs> seventh Eon State, whatever you want. You could be number one Ren Eon State. That's fine with me. You're in. You're in. <laughs> so you grew up in New Jersey. You're from, born, raised in New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, born, in, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, you know, lived mostly in South Jersey, oh, cool. you know, as a child. And then most of my life has been up here in North Jersey. Yeah. How are you? Where are you located? Well, I'm in Winchester, Virginia, but I lived in New Jersey for on a, twice, once for like three years and once for 13 years. 
So. Oh wow, that's a big yeah. There, that's a big. That's a Call of Duty right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in um, Scotch Plains when I was a little little kid, and then right. we moved to Virginia. Then I moved. We moved back up to New Jersey, and I moved to Branchburg. So I was. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah, right in Central wow. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I know it. So when, if you mention any landmarks, I might actually know them. How was it growing up? Because you started the band. The Rens with your brother Greg. Yeah. Was there yeah. a lot of music in the house for the both of you to become musicians? Yeah, no, actually there wasn't. My parents, you know, Irish and their, their all their all their parents, grandparents were from Ireland. So there's just, just a ton of music, love, singing, all that kind of stuff. But no, they didn't have any sort of formal training. It was just my my mother bought a, a piano and put it in the dining room. And from there it all grew, right? And okay. uh you know, yeah. So it wasn't until I was a later teen that I started the band. When did you start actually noticing music and, and really finding your love for music? Yeah, that's interesting. I think, you know, I think most kids sort of discover music really get into it like when they're eight, right? Something happens, they have a record, yep. you know, something happens at that. It's like a magical age, I think, for music, right? Uh, but I think my my deep slide into the love of music happened when I was 13, which is another one of those moments, right, in people's lives where they're, they're either going to be invited to parties or not. And <laughs> then, you know, those that are not do something else. Yes. Right? Yes, I'm, I know that one. <laughs> I, I, I think that's you know you sort of just realize early like oh i don't have to be invited to the parties i can do this by myself i got my own so party yeah exactly what was the first instrument you learned was it a was it bass or guitar yeah. was there some band no like it was it was piano yeah it was uh i just kept noodling at it and uh i really asked my parents for lessons and they got me lessons with a local teacher and you know, I just sort of really loved it. I love the, um, the the kind of escape, right? You could just do it over hours and hours, just lose yourself. Were there a lot of bands before you started the Wrens with Greg, or, or was that no. your first band? Yeah, no, I've never. That's sort of the unique part of the story. I've never ever been in another band except for the Wrens. That's it. Thirty thirty year over thirty years. It was I never. Yeah, no, I never had any desire, or it was that was it. It was just the one band. Man, over thirty years with your brother. I know that's tough. I've right. got a brother, and I don't think we could do it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we've been very lucky. He's a great dude, and and even and Jerry McDonald, right? He plays drums, yeah. right? You know, same thing with him. I knew him since I was fifteen, and same dude the whole time. He's never played in any other bands either. It's always just been this. Wow, that's cool. It's really cool. That is awesome. So I heard something about the band and i want verification on this i heard yeah. that the first gig you guys were supposed to have was opening for the fix yes that was actually that's 100 percent the truth wow and mind-blowing because at the time it was in the late 80s and you had to like pay to play uh, like yeah. that was still really hot right and we had to sell these tickets to open for them luck we have it we really didn't sell the tickets and the fix canceled but we still did the show no fix but hey i mean they were supposed no to be fix? they were yeah. intimidated by the rent <laughs> see that's a good line that's what i'll say like, they were really nervous they were like holy shit these, these guys good. are good yeah these these guys are really really bad we don't want to lose <laughs> our reputation like like how low did we go yeah. to play with these characters <laughs> so how did you come Who up with the there? name the wrens it's uh it's it's one of those kind of goofy stories you know someone said to be in the music business just do it so we made a seven inch and we called ourselves low so we called that was our first band name okay. and we got our seven inches back and it was almost like that day we read a review a really good review about the band low yeah. and we're like oh jesus christ <laughs> you know and <laughs> So we had to quickly change the name. We all sat around a room and looked at books and, you know, dictionaries and just kind of came up with us. And also at the time, the bands was wickedly out of favor, right? You yeah. know, like Limp Bizkit and, you know, whatever. There was no the bands. The, the bands were very like old school. So we figured we'll try that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I also heard that you guys were the house band on a ferry. Yeah. I didn't yes. know fairies had bands. How did you guys land it, that gig? You know, it was uh, 
my my mother, who was, uh, you know, she was a school teacher down in Cape Bay for many, many years. And, you know, through friends of friends found out, wow, it's kind of an interesting story. Like in the late 70s or early 80s, when they changed the drinking age, all the kids realized if they go on the ferry, they could get wasted going back and forth. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And and that really generated a lot of money for the ferry back in the late 70s, early 80s. So then by the late 80s, they were like, well, maybe we could like reinvigorate that to have a band and, they, and people would come. We were really, we were horrible, right? If anything, we probably ruined their finances. Right? <laughs> but yeah, that's how we got the gig. We did it for the entire summer. Wow. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I think, I think it's the, you guys are the first band I've had artists of any type whose mom got them their gigs. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. She got us our first gigs. Yeah. Way to go ferry. mom. Also like, yeah, yeah. The, my mom was always uh, been very, very blessed. Very cool. That's very, very into it. That's blessed. really supportive. Yeah, totally. We played in her house. We played in her attic, all kinds of cool support. That's for sure. Oh, like crazy. That is really cool. How long after the uh, ferry gigs was it before you guys ended up getting signed? And you signed to, uh, was it Grass Records? Was it the first Yeah, one? you know, in a way, it's, it's, it's happened slow and happened fast. Okay. I would say four years, you know, because we moved in together like in 91, 92, and we got signed in 93 uh, to Grass Records. It was just, that was just wonderful, right? Yeah. Just a, a great lady signed us, sight unseen. She just listened to the seven inch and signed us. So that was really cool. Oh, wow. And so the first album was Silver. And yeah. that album is crazy. It's, ex it's so experimental. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's out there. That's for sure. Uh, we had no money to make it, and we decided to record in the house. And we thought it might be the last record we ever make, so we put 25 songs on it, like Lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we wanted to be like XTC at the time, right? And, right. Um, and uh, it, we were really delusional. We thought yeah. we could put a record with 25 songs and think that we were going to become rich and famous. So it was a uh, hard knocks. Uh, right? That's uh, getting paid by the song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then real, I mean, then there's such noisy stuff, which I love. I love noisy oh, stuff cool. like Darling, Darling, uh, What's a Girl? And you did some um, oh, wow. weird nice. ass stuff on that. Like there's that weird break in, in what's a girl where the, the music just stops for a second. And then you, but there's, I know. Focus yeah, we, that's so not, yeah, we, we, uh, we've always loved that. Right. You know, we've always, uh, we always did love that those sort of like tricks and sort of like inside jokes for us. Right. There was okay. a lot of inside just because we had no, right. We had no manager. We had no oversight. It was just, just kind of just <laughs> doing that. whole. Yeah. We had no better supervision, you know, and we were like, well, this is great. Yeah. Um, and we thought people were going to love it. Right. But luckily I'm sitting here 37 years later and uh, you know, uh, thank you for that compliment. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. So how old were you guys at that time making silver? Yeah, I was, um, yeah, so let's see. I was 23 and the other guys were 29, all, you know, pushing 30. Two of us are like, it's like a six year, six and a half year difference. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Jerry and I are the youngest and Greg and Charles were the oldest. So did, did the record company, I guess they liked it because they put it out. Because it was you know, so yeah, interesting. Except that we we handed it in, and there was something wrong with the the mixing and the mastering of it. It was all kinds of messed up, and oh, they really? we had to go back and fix it. Oh yeah, it was horrible. We thought the whole thing was over. They're like, I, the record company was like, I don't think we can put this out. Something happened <laughs> with the transfer, and they're like, Are you sure you guys want this? We fix that. Wow. So it's always, always been a journey. That's for sure. Oh, it's always I'm going back and listening to it to prepare for this, and and. You got amazing stuff. Like Fuzz is one of the wildest tracks. That's just, oh, cool. it's so crazy. Oh. 
did you guys play a ton of live shows? I mean, yeah. were you able to translate yeah. what you did on the record to the live show or was there, were those yes. two different entities? Yeah. yeah, no, it really kind of was. It was really punk rock, right? It was really just, and we went through, we would always experiment. We went through a phase where we only wrote like songs that lasted one minute. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we, we just did, we just did it nonstop. Right. Which was, you know, being young and being, you know, first early in the band, it was, it really was that kind of experimental thing. Right. And yeah. uh, it did translate to a lot of that stuff. Uh, it's sort of, yeah. Um, like I said, we, we, we've, uh, like I said, we've never been a, a hip band. So we were always trying to do something unique. That's what we were trying. Well, you're incredibly successful. I mean, even Secaucus wow. is just as unique as silver. I mean, oh, man. I guess the label was okay with it because you, you did just as much unique stuff on Secaucus as silver. Like Jane fakes a hug. There is just all kinds of weird shit going on in that out. In that, in yeah. that song. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 funny you kind of bring it up. It's like you know, I I do miss that experimental, all those kind of noises and sounds. And yeah, so that record deal was for two records. Okay, the first one I think the contract was like fifteen hundred, and then the other one was for three thousand. Like it really wasn't that much money, but they they said just do what you guys do, right? And um, I think I think the first record was a lot about the noise and the kind of energy, just like straight up punk rock, fast as you can go. Yeah, and then the second record came along, and we we're like, maybe we should start like making better songs like how can we we kind of yeah we always i think i think we kind of early could always write not bad songs for the audience that was into it right you know right it wasn't a cool hits but at least the songs were there and uh we really focused on the songs and the lyrics for secaucus and it was it was focused but it was still a lot of songs still oh great. yeah they're both really the quantity is huge yeah. with this now at that point were you thinking that this is a career this is what we're doing or yeah no doubt yeah exactly um we uh we were deep in it we didn't have any jobs we quit all our jobs for secaucus wow. we yeah i mean we went in wholehearted right and um and then it was like the promise of the next you know what's the next thing going to be and the contracts and then that all slipped through and yeah but yeah we we we've always thought it was going to be a real career profession i don't know probably all the way you know, probably till I was in my, my early thirties, you know, going into the studio to record those albums. Did you have a plan for the songs? Did you want, did you know what you wanted or were some of these weird things going on? The, the experimental things, were they accidental things or just you know, studio uh, experiments? It's uh yeah, it's funny because we never went into any studio ever to record any of our records. It was always uh, in the basement. So oh, wow. it was just, you know, and at the time, at that time, it was only about studios. See, people, you know, you forget, right? It's like covered wagons, like you yeah. forget. But at the time, you could only go into studios to record. You really couldn't record at home. We got a reel-to-reel, and we kind of did all that work and uh, and just recorded them in the house, which allowed us to be very weird, I would say. You know, nobody, the clock wasn't bothering us. Exactly. Um, yeah, and we went in focused like that. We actually went in and said, we want weird. We want, like, these kind of funky little pop songs, you know? And when you guys were touring for Secaucus, I read that you guys were offered a, a like a new contract that you turned down. It was like a million dollar contract, but they wanted more radio friendly stuff. Is that? Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it. Right. You know, they really wanted us to kind of go and, and be that kind of ready, but yeah. And you figure at that time we had no jobs. Yeah. You barely pay rent. 
you know, so, and you know, I was 26, you know, this is back in 1995 or 96. So a million dollars, you know, but we even did the math back then, you know, you sort of break it up and here's what it is and you kind of go low and we were like, well, let's, let's keep focusing on the work and the art and the, and the songs and trust what we can do. So yeah, we turned it down in glorious fashion. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if we should, I don't know if we should have sitting here with you, yeah. uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> so were you guys still touring a whole hell of a lot to support the albums? I mean, how often, how many dates a year would you say you guys were out? You know, we were never one of those bands that went out for months, right? Partly because we couldn't get any shows. I mean, but then all of a sudden people got caught on because the live show was pretty out there and pretty like pop aggressive. You know, I, I guess the other way you can kind of frame it, it really is like an XTC, like what you would imagine, right? Kind of like that. And we were certainly always high energy and we lived together. So it was, you know, we had a nice charm with the four of us in that regard. But we would tour quite a bit. We would have tours here and there. We would play almost all the weekends, right? You know, it was, it was sort of like that kind of touring, okay. you know, but we never got in a van. We did, we did van tours. We toured the United States like five times or so. I mean, we, wow. we did it, you know, between five, seven times. We traveled the whole country. Oh man. So out of those first two albums and you guys are touring, are there songs that you just didn't play live? It's just too difficult to pull off or is, is that how the whole fifth Wrens thing came about? The fifth friend thing definitely came about like in uh, the Meadowlands to kind of, you know, bring that together because there were so many parts and probably just to kind of have fun with the audience. Right. Uh, Cause a lot of the people like the band were sort of musicians. Uh, you know what I mean? So we had these, we've had these accidents where someone would come up on stage and they'd be like, amazing. <laughs> we'd be like, oh my God, you're better than us. You should stay up here. Right. So, you know. So you guys were the but, first yeah. version of the voice or American Idol or something. Yeah, right, exactly. And they, they would kick us off the stage. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I have to vote you off the gig. <laughs> so there's a, a pretty big gap between Secaucus and the Meadowlands. So it was, what, uh, seven years? Uh, seven years, yeah. So what were you guys doing? Were you just in, like, demo hell, or did you have to get yeah. jobs? Or Yeah, we were. We made, an e we made an EP that, you know, wasn't so great, and no one really cared. Except for some songs, <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, you know, it's still kind of in there. distribution it was just sort of weird and then interscope was going to sign us and that sent us down this long path for years right of like just writing demos so the meadowlands easily had like 50 demos or scratches and things before it got built out but that was over that long period and i think it was like the dreams of like oh we're going to get signed we're going to get signed we're going to get signed uh and then the heartbreak of like hey you know it's never going to happen it's not going to happen for us oh. right that said is that why uh Meadowlands is maybe a little less experimental, a little more pop sounding. Yeah, I think the I think it's uh, less experimental because we, I think we went from all that kind of stuff where it's like it was crazy noise sounds, and then it was uh, good songs and sounds, and then we just really kind of said let's make a one block of good songs. Okay, you know what I mean? Because we got so much, we got beat up a lot for the twenty five and the twenty. We got, we got beat up for that a lot. Yeah, just too many songs. Right, so quality, you know, quantity over quality, right? So. I mean, I wouldn't myself, I wouldn't say that because I actually went back and listened and I enjoyed most of that. Wow. There, I mean, there's a really, so cool. the vast majority oh, of both of those yeah. big albums I really enjoyed. Cause I, like I said, I love noisy stuff anyway. Yeah. I, you know, I gotta tell you, I do too. I think it's also like a, you can hear the innocence in it. Right. And it really brings you into like, if, you, if that's what you're into, if you're into like real bands playing real music and doing that kind of stuff, 
that's it. Because then bands kind of do get a bit artificial in what they have to do. Yeah. It, it, it even happened to us in a way, right? I think some of the metal bands. Um, luckily, it worked well, but still, no, no doubt. Well, I think you just made a great point when you said there's an innocence to it because you're taking these songs and you're cutting them up and you're, and you're doing all these crazy things that if you would opened your career with the metal lance, maybe you wouldn't be willing to do. No, no doubt. No, no question. It would have been, uh, if you, if you were the I think if we opened with the metal lance, I don't think anyone really have cared. You know, I think, I think it was the build up to it. Right. Yeah. You had sort of like the wacky pop and you had this and, and the people along the way that kind of helped support the metal lands. We knew from silver and sea caucus as teenagers, they just sort of grew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And the sound, the Meadowlands has a more grown-up sound. I mean, you still got some great noisy stuff in there, like Faster Gun and Boys You Won't. It is. At that point, after the Meadowlands, there's like some singles and a cassette-only release that I found is pretty pricey on Discogs. Can oh my I... God, that's crazy. Oh yeah, here, I'm, so cool. I've got it up. Let me take a look. It, what was that? That was, um, is it 20 years of juvenilia? Is that the... Yeah, uh, there's uh, one for sale on Discogs for five hundred dollars. Holy crap! Yep, that is just insane. <laughs> so Bad somebody bus, likes you, right? besides yeah, me. Yeah, it's so cool. It is so cool. <laughs> After Meadowlands, there's a gap. Did you guys just walk away, or were you doing other musical projects? You know, what happened? Yeah. No, no, we were, it was always just the band. So what happened was, uh, if you, the Melodies came out in 2003, in 2003, again, it's talking about ancient Rome, right? Yeah. There were only like those blogs, right? There was no sort of media. I mean, Pitchfork obviously was coming into its prominence and all that. And also our record was released by our friend in a garage, right? I mean, it was just that, wow. it was just that bones bear. He had a bunch of boxes. We put up the money because we we didn't have a record label like we all chipped in like even the band like we went in you know as as a as a team so when the record was released and it started to do well pick up traction people started to like it and then the, the the shows were good the shows were good and then because it's not a global release we had some people that said why don't we come over to england so then we sort of we had like a european phase and that was like two two years after and then that added on another two years so that's that brought us up almost to like, you know, 2007 and eight is when it started to slow down in a way. Okay. Because sure. we were pretty, we were touring almost every weekend for those three or four or five years. Jeez. Yeah. You still bringing up the fifth Ren for those shows? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's been so great. That was, a, that was a lot of fun and people always enjoyed that. But yeah, we did that for, um, yeah, we did that. And then, and then we sort of, and then marriages and babies and yeah. that's that phase started to kick in. So you mentioned some good fifth wrens stories. Do you have any awful fifth wrens incidents? Oh my god! You know, I wouldn't say any of the fifth wrens because usually they were pretty excited and they kind of you know get through it. But dude, we've been a band for over thirty years. <laughs> the amount of this craziness, <laughs> I can tell you. I mean, it just you, you can't even imagine. We've seen everything from like fights to fires to like you know just oh my god. If you want to see life. 
drive around in a van for a bunch of years and you'll see it <laughs> full time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We almost got like, you know, we almost got killed in, in Mexico. What? Someone invited us to a party. Yeah. We broke down and they took us to this garage and uh, there was this woman at the garage and she said, Oh, you want to come to a party tonight? We said, yeah, the guy at the garage said, if you go to that party, they're going to kill you. Get out of here. It's like, no, probably they'll kill you. So you might not want to go to the party. Oh my. I mean, it just, oh, it goes on. I can't even tell you. <laughs> on and on and on and on. Holy Crazy. We were, we, were in, we were in Germany. And we were playing this festival in Lübeck, Germany. It was really, really nice. It was late at night. And this guy comes up in a black cloak. And uh, he's completely wasted. And we don't speak German. And he started speaking to us in German. And with that, he opens the cloak completely. And he has these two spears, like those pitchforky spears. You know, the ones with the... The try, whatever I know what's called. Oh, yeah. And he had two of them in his hands like this. And we're like, <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. Oh, shit. Sorry. All right. Anyway, oh, fun stuff. God, that's insane. Yeah, fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, after, so that, is that when you guys, or were, were you working full time during those times? Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys got to do Yeah. Yeah. And the 30s kicked in, like all that. Yeah. Work and for sure trying to find a way because from my understanding is you did what sounds to me like the most new jersey thing possible and got into pharmaceuticals <laughs> yeah I, I did right you know i got <laughs> to get in at, through yeah you know through marketing and through you know contacts and uh yeah i've got to work i worked at pfizer first okay. i worked in advertising and marketing before that but then i got into uh, to pfizer because oh, everybody that I knew, their parents or somebody worked for everybody. Pfizer, Roche, J and J. That's it. AstraZeneca, all yeah. of them. You know, they're all Bayer. Yes. Abbott. Oh. It never ends. Yeah. I would, Abbott, you know, engine. I pass so many of their buildings going to school every day. Hit Route 22 or 202 to 22. And then. That's it. Yeah. I drive it every day. So there you go. And all their huge buildings. With that. I remember Roach Diagnostics, right, right down the road. That's right. Yeah, Man. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking. Yes. So, when did you decide to start on a new release? Were you writing this whole time, or did you just literally put it away for a while? Um, I would say we put it away for just like three or four years. But I started writing, you know, you know, with with focus in 2007. Okay. Kind of, you know, with demos and stuff like that, and you know, and I know Charles was writing and Greg was writing. So yeah, we kind of were getting we're kind of getting our groove back on how to do it, you know. At the time, Charles was also doing a bunch of solo shows and all that kind of stuff. So we were kind of working around all schedules. And it's the new release is Aeon Station. Why not yeah. a Ren's release? You know, like I said, the the high level kind of straight story is that it just you know you figure we started working on it. Or I was hoping to do it when I was in 2007. I was 37 at the time. And um, at 50, I felt that I had waited long enough. Okay. You know, I think, I think it's really, that's kind of it. There's, there's other, there's certainly other issues. That's for sure. Especially with any, you know, group yeah. or family after so many years. But there were certain things that I just didn't want to, I wasn't going to agree to that were sort of being put forward at that time. And uh, I, so I just wanted to enjoy music. You know, okay. you figure I put out the last, we put out the last record in 2003. I was 33. You know what I mean? And since then, I never enjoyed music and not, not that it wasn't specifically keeping me from enjoying music, but I was living on the promise that the record was going to be done. Okay. How did you choose the name Aeon Station? Yeah. The, um, so Aeon Station, it's a bit of tongue in cheek, right? You know, it's, it's taken me eons to get to the station of life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's it's uh because you know it's kind of the truth, right? You know, it's there's not many you know people that are putting out records, you know, at my age and this kind of you know, you know, no one should care, right? That's why I, I said if three people care, I'm super happy, right? And I knew I I really you know I as, as humble as you could be, I, I you know I I was I was happy with the work. It has taken a long time to do it, right? And um and obviously worked super hard on it, and um you know it was just uh. Yeah, so it's really taken me eons to kind of get here. Are these all new tracks, or did you pull some ideas from the Renz yeah, era? Yeah, so five of them, five of them were going to be on the Renz record, or sort of targeted for the Renz record. But in that capacity, I kind of I did all the work myself, right? You know, I I, uh, I kind of recorded them and did 
all the vocals and harmonies and guitars and the drums were always from Jerry. But then then the other five were put together through COVID, right? Okay. COVID kind of just created a whole new world for everybody and yeah, you know, a real new a new reality essentially. And uh, I was just kind of inspired to just write new songs. So when with the Wrens, was the writing collaborative or was there one primary songwriter? Yeah, it was, you know, we always sort of joked that it was, um, it was more like the White Album, right? You know, so Paul would do his songs and John would do his songs and George would do his songs. And then he would always sort of like, you know, talk to each other and kind of figure it out. And yeah, there was kind of bleeds here depending on the song. But by and large, one person would usually bring it in and do the whole thing. Right. Okay. That's that, by and large. And it was usually, you know, because we always tried to model, model ourselves after that Beatle sort of framework. Okay. So the songs were individual, but the albums were more of a collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Which made it, you know, obviously that always makes them unique. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the writing for this was, did you do all the writing or did you have any collaborations? No. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the same, in the same way, in the same spirit of like, you know, uh, at least the songs that were going to be on the Bruns record were listened to by Jerry and Greg and Charles and, and put comments here and there and said, hey, what do you think? And all that kind of stuff. But not nothing more collaborative than that, right? I mean, it really was kind of like, I would do it for Charles's songs. You know, Greg would do it for his song. My song. It would sort of always be that way. Jerry would always do that. But it wasn't like, you know, hey, they wrote, you know, five of the song lyrics or something. It wasn't, right. it wasn't like that. It was really yeah, just all done. Okay. All right. I did it. I did it all with uh, one amp and one mic to the most part. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty punk rock. That's pretty awesome. The, the songs are so well crafted too. I'm. Oh my god! Thank you. Really, really enjoying. It. I, I've listened to it for several days now. I listened to it on the way back home from work. It's actually the perfect length for my commute. I put it on in the car when I left my job, and the last track ended about thirty seconds before I hit my driveway. Oh, so. uh, you know, thank you. Uh, that's, you know, what's so funny because you're the only person that talked to me about like the, the past, like really about silver and all that kind of stuff. And you've just mapped out the real genesis of it all because I grew up in the, I mean, whatever, eight, seven, but, but in the seventies where you had those records, like those, those Aerosmith records yeah. or whatever, that would just sort of like end like right at 35 minutes or something. Yeah. So I did, I did kind of want to, in the course of my life or music life, I do want to have one of those records where it's like, huh, you know, he doesn't have like, you know, seven songs that I hate on here. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know not, I, mean? I wasn't fast forwarding through any of them. So oh, that's very kind. It, it, and it made, it's a great commute album. I, I love it. And it's, but you know, it's so funny because it is a bit of a, it, the, the, the record's a bit of a journey, right? It starts, it starts, you know, I, I put all these little circles in there to kind of, you know, it is like, that's what it was intended to do. So you're giving me the, the nicest compliment. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Absolutely. I, I love the, the first two singles have come out. So there's Leaves and um, where are my Queens, notes? Yeah. Queens, yes. Yeah. Uh, my kids love Leaves. I love Leaves. That's one of my favorites on the album. Oh, you're so nice, dude. I will tell you that I think that's my favorite song for me. You know, again, in my humble, you know, I have dreams of like great songwriters, but I'll never be them. But if, if I could, if I had to pick one, I would pick this one. I'm really, really proud of it. I think it does something song wise. That's, that's cool, right? It has a, it has something in there. It has several different sounds going as you go through the song. And it's that harmony section is just 
Oh God. That, that... You know, it's so funny too. Uh, now, now you and I are talking like music. <laughs> it's because it's probably the noisiest one too, in a weird way, even though it's not noisy in that silver way. Yeah. It's got the weird violins and the cellos. It's got weird harmonies. It's got like weird piercing, you know, it's got like weird keyboards. It's just all kinds of, it's not just a strumming acoustic, right. like a singer songwriter. But... That and air. Too. Yeah, air is uh, it's so it's so funny. Uh, like my my brother swears by air. That's his favorite. That's also that's also all. It's, it's funny you see it because that's all detuned guitars. I was playing with a screwdriver. I might be the only person I'm telling this. Oh, totally. It felt like the old days. Like it was just. It's crazy. Like everything's just really mad nutty. Like you know, yeah, for sure. You you're doing experimentation, but there's a bigger more pronounced pop sensibility to it it's uh it's it's really like i said before they're just really well crafted because you've got these great pop hooks but you've got the experimentation like you're just talking about from the silver days and sakakis days thank you so much man but it's so cool it's not as Uh, upfront as those albums but it's still there yeah i you know what's so funny i'm really enjoying this chat this podcast so thank you i think it's a little bit about like who you are in the station of life where you're at you know like i'm sure you could say back to yourself or you have some old friend where it's like you get on the phone and you're immediately 20 years old again yes you know what i mean so there's something in that like even the music like sometimes i go back and i'm like that guy who wrote darling darling mm-hmm. so in there is that and every so often it kind of like still pops out for <laughs> sure even though you know I have, like you like you have a house yeah you, you know you have people that rely on you all that. It's, it's different right yeah and we just sat around and ate pizza yeah, <laughs> yeah. but there's still that adolescent yeah. little mischievous yeah. person inside of you that's yeah, that so true. So yeah for sure so and queens is great. That's a, that's a bitter, a, a bitter, a bit on the heavier side, which I like. Is it the way it has to be? That was sort of like the first one that was kind of done. That was done like in the late 2000s. So I think that song was kind of done by 2009, 2010. The structure was there. It was all real noisy. Yeah, it was uh, It was meant to be like that punk rock pop song. You've got a really amazing knack for these harmonies. Like Empty Rooms oh, also. God. Oh my gosh, man. It's just... you, are, you are so nice. Let me tell you how much I hate <laughs> how much I hate my singing <laughs> and how like insecure I am. And, and, and to show you that to tell you, because I haven't said this at all. The reason why there's so much harmonies is because of that insecurity and that fear. So you can sort of stack them. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? You're like, yeah. Cause like, well, one of them sounds absolutely horrible. Right. You know, and then it's well, like at least 12 of them sound kind of okay. At least, yeah. But, there you go. It, it's an oral hallucination or yeah, mirage. It really I don't is. Know. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's awesome. I never thought of it that way. record and you'll be like wow like you know i see what you do you put nine of you on there it sounds yeah. cool <laughs> next, time we'll to, 
Next time yeah. I come up to Jersey, I still got family up there. <laughs> oh, please do. That would be so cool, man. Well, speaking of that, are you planning on touring to support yeah, the album? We, um, yeah, we're going to put, uh, we're going to look at some shows, right? You know, um, uh, definitely going to do South by Southwest, so that should be a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, yeah, so that should be really sweet. And uh, and then just trying to figure out where to play shows. And, you know, hopefully as people start to, you know, live into the record or start to enjoy it, they'll come out and kind of see performances, right? So that, that would be fun. Are you ho- hoping to get out of the uh, the Jersey tri-state area? You're going to go yeah, farther? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely would love to go here. And played a lot in Virginia. Oh, God, I've done so many gigs in Virginia, West Virginia, everywhere. I mean, every state you can imagine. I think the only states we didn't play was Alaska and Hawaii. But everything else, we played everything else. Oh, man. Well, if you guys Anytime. anywhere close to the D.C. area, I'm going to be there because I oh, really so enjoy the album. Thank you. That's so great. Thank you. We will we'll let you know. For, I'll give you my give you my email. So please, yeah. we'll stay in touch. I would love to. I used to be, I was a professional photographer for like 12 or 15 years. So I do wow. a lot, I do a lot of live, uh, live photos, live, live music photos. So uh, listen, please come. We're, yeah. You're already getting hired. You're getting a gig out of this. So awesome. It would be great to have you. That would be so much fun. And I think that's really what I wanted to do with this record. I, I just wanted to kind of work with people that, that just want to, you know, enjoy life, enjoy art and, that, that's it. So that's a perfect example. That would love to have your photos. Oh, awesome! Well, I'll we'll uh, I'll send you some. I've I you know yeah. They, they yeah pro- please do. They gave me a promo copy of your album. I'll give you some promo pictures. That's so, so cool. So perfect. we'll just thank we'll you. Call it a, we'll call it even. That's perfect. Good. I would love it. So where can people find the album? How can they order it? And is there a social media presence for the band? Yeah, it's uh you know it's coming out on Sub Pop, which is a dream unto itself. That's awesome. is, yeah, it is awesome. And I'm telling you, the people at Sub Pop are just miraculous. They're just the coolest people on the planet. Such loves and so like fans of music and That's I can't cool. say enough, right? They made the whole journey so amazing. And uh yeah, so it's it's through Sub Pop, you know, it'd be great if people are into vinyl to, to buy it from Sub Pop and and uh to do that and uh just just super exciting. And then, you know, if uh, from social media, there's, you know, just starting, right? It's almost like starting like a new band again, right? It's oh, kind man. of fun. It is it is super fun. So there's Instagram and there's Facebook and Twitter and stuff. So that's super cool. And it's AEON Station, right? Yeah, that's right. AEON Station. Yeah. Excellent. So when you when you go out and tour, is it going to be basically the Wrens as the backing band or is there going to be new people involved? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's going to be other musicians as well. Like, so Tom Bojor, who's the guy that kind of recorded and really helped a lot of the record, he's going to play guitar and uh, nice. do some singing. And another friend uh, is going to help us, you know, with like bass and keyboards. And and yeah, Greg uh, and Jerry from the Rents are going to come out and play. It's like, you know, we've been doing it so long, we just kind of want to go out and have and play. That's you know? awesome. It's, uh, that's what's cool. Yeah, really for sure. I've spent a lot of time with you. I've, I've had a blast. I've had a blast going back and listening to the old Rand stuff again. And thank you so much. What a great, great time. Really. I can't thank you. you oh, I'm so you glad made, you made a, you made a great day. Thank you so much. Oh, I great, appreciate great. that. Yeah, truly. Well, I've really enjoyed the conversation as well. And, you know, let's definitely stay in touch. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'd love to see the photos. We'd love to stay connected. And, uh, yeah. and, and thank you for taking the time, man, out of, of your course. life to do this and promote music. Really cool. Of course. I, it's great because the Rens were a band that I had heard way back when they came out and I hadn't heard them in so long. And I'm like, I know this band, I know this band. And I listened to like, Oh yeah, this this is the that's this cool. is the cool stuff, and it's, it's that's so nice. It's you, it's tough. I used, I was a huge album collector. I mean, I still am a huge CD collector. I don't have a whole lot of vinyl. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of the big vinyl guys. Yeah, me neither. But I'm a big CD guy. I don't like downloads because I need to hold it. You know, or otherwise that's do you like do you have a CD of the new record? I no, I just have the I just have the download, but. It's, do me do me a favor in that address. Put your address, and I'll send you. I'll send you a CD. Oh man, I appreciate that so because much. it looks. I gotta tell you, it looks so. It's so cool. It looks. Um, it looks so cool, and it opens up. Oh wow! Like, yeah, and it opens up like it's super super nice. I will. Um, I'll send you. Uh, it was so nice of them to make oh, it. So I will definitely send you one. Thank you so much. Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I have almost. I think almost four thousand CDs right now wow that's so cool that's awesome yeah, I will definitely, yeah. well you probably know this i 
I got most of them from Princeton Record Exchange. Oh, you're kidding. No, because what I would do is when I was in like my 20s, I, I went to college for photography and ended up quitting and then just working as a photographer. And so I would go and I would get paid. Me and my buddy Ed would go down and we would drive to, there's two places. There's Princeton Record Exchange and Vintage Vinyl up in like Woodbridge. And I think, yeah. I think Vintage Vinyl yeah. closed a few years ago, I think. Oh, boy. But we would go to Princeton Record Exchange, and since the radio station was there, they would get tons and tons of promos. And so you'd go into the, into the back room, and you That's could, so cool. I would go with like 20 bucks and come out with like 15 CDs, because they're all like a dollar to two dollars. That's so cool, right? So, oh, my God. So everybody says, That's so awesome. So I'm like, I got 3,500 CDs. They're like, holy shit, that's a ton of money. Like, not really. <laughs> I was like, I mean. Not maybe, really because I got, I got it, became, it was samples. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I was getting. That's so cool. Like, like half of my album collection has this, has a big stamp on it that says, for promotional use only, not for resale. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing all the music. It's 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 been a blast. So cool. Thank you so much, brother. Listen, how's your dog doing? I don't know. He took off. I don't know where the hell he's at. Hammond. He's probably laying down somewhere. He's, he's so he's hilarious. He's the biggest goofball. He's a half Australian shepherd, half boxer. Oh, oh wow. Hey, hey, Hammond. Come awesome. here. Come here. See, there he is. Oh, uh, what's up, buddy? Hello. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Oh, oh boy. Sorry. Get your mic. I yeah, I dropped. <laughs> I dropped the phone. Hammond, get away from the window. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Listen, man. Thank you for the time. Oh, my thank pleasure. Thank you for all the support. It's so cool.